Hey, people are kind of having a good time playing Street Fighter V right now. Things feel pretty good at the moment, and we talk about why. Also, more Street Fighter content in the package of some sort of winter bundle is on the horizon, but what could that be exactly? And on that front, how far into the future do we feel like Street Fighter VI might be at this point? And unfortunately, it's been a rough week in the FGC as a handful of allegations of sexual misconduct have been something of a rain cloud over our community. Uh, we have a few words to share about that. All that and more on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. I feel so lonely right now because there's only two of us here. Yeah, we're, we're going like old school again. Like It was great having uh, Steven and Nick on like basically for a month and a half. Uh, we had those guys on there, but like we're getting you know back to our old roots and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. All right. So speaking of of roots and getting back to stuff here, uh, we we were hearing rumors on the internets of a winter bundle for Street Fighter Five that would basically come out like with the timelines what we've heard now. Ono like flat out said it. Hey, we've got more announcements. Blanca has something in his pocket, which is the implication there is almost always like new characters. And he said November and December. I'm not 100% sure we're getting new characters in December, but I mean, I, that would be kind of wild. But we'll get into that here in a second here. So mm -hmm. technically, winter does not begin until December the 21st, actually. That's like a few days before Christmas. So if like you go by the um, whatever the winter police are, I don't know who they, that would you be. You think but... Capcom <laughs> cares about something as particular as that with their release schedules? I think... <laughs> are you telling me they don't care about the winter police? Like that term I just made up that like is really not relevant at all? Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure i i don't think it matters so much and so like november technically falls into like the fall or autumn time and it's not an official term we're hearing that like term kind of thrown around at a few circles right yeah so um so yeah the bet here is that for the first announcement announcement at the north american regional finals a super premiere you know that's the middle of november i i wonder if I, basically, so they went to this whole bundle format instead of like a season pass, right? To, to back up here a little bit. And, and you and I um, and a number of other people actually complained that, hey, look, if we're spending 30 bucks on a season pass, we better know who the heck is in there, right? Yeah. Like that needs to be like straight up, like I need to know what I'm buying. And I wonder if like Capcom saw that and said, okay, well, you guys, if you if that's what you need and that's what the community expects, well, we're not going to do that anymore. Here are bundle packages now. And you no longer get a season pass. We're doing things differently. Uh, and now you're going to get these bundles. And we're not going to tell you what's in them until they're released. And then you buy them. You know, and, and I mean, it's it's basically the same difference. Like, you know, we pay uh, 15 bucks right now for the summer bundle. We got three characters. Um, each character came with a battle costume. And then, like, the default color is, like, three to three through 10 you got for 15 bucks like all together right <laughs> yes so so i mean that's basically like what you got in the season pass um season pass was double the price like 30 bucks like so same thing like same same it's just like basically capcom's way of breaking it up now right you so what you're getting at a little bit is what it sounds like is that like this still has some problems and i don't disagree with you but i am very happy that it's not okay see you next time we're gonna do things differently from this time this is progress for capcom and i am content with that completely whatever's coming in winter street fighter 5 remains afloat after the huge you know uh, uh, the test of evo the evo reveal we're alive. We've made it. I'm having some fun. We're all having some fun. It's okay. Um, 
but you're right. Like th- this probably isn't the best model and it still is fairly hazy and they still have some ground to be making up in this particular department. But I'm happy that there's more coming and and they're telling us it's coming yeah. and they're they're not giving us a date. But they're saying when it gets cold outside and after the pumpkin spice lattes, then more stuff comes. Yeah, I, I, I basically I mean, I'm not. Like, I'm not having any issue with this. Like, it's a season pass, but it's broken up into two things. And, I mean, if you don't want half the characters, I mean, it's a cheaper option for you, basically. And, you know, again, we're not seeing the silhouettes. We're not seeing the teasers. Like, there's some drawbacks to it, but I'm not upset about how it's going. And I kind of wonder if this bundle format is going to be their new approach in the future. And I don't mean just, like, Street Fighter Five. I mean, like, future fighting games, if they're just going to kind of bundle stuff up. Because the reason how come I'm thinking that is it takes pressure off of Capcom to like produce stuff on deadline, right? Like the, their previous season pass model was like, Hey, every two months or so we're going to have a new character out for you. Mm-hmm. And, and with this, it's like, Hey, you know what? The pressure's off. Like they could actually, you know, bundle two characters and then, you know, charge like, you know, 10 bucks for that. Um, or like they could even like charge like, you know, $15 for it and load that sucker up with like a bunch of new costumes or, you know, just like a bunch of older costumes or whatever and, and just kind of do it that way. It's like, okay, so if you do want this, you know, next bundle, um, you can get a bunch of costumes with it or you can just buy the characters separately. Like there's a bunch of options for you coming down. And I, I, I really wonder if Capcom did this so they would just have a lot of flexibility where they're not having to worry about deadlines, which is something they've spoken about publicly, like not being okay with, right? Like they're like, Hey, we've got this big deadline. Um, they threw Capcom USA under the bus there and said, "Hey, you know, they they put this roadmap roadmap out there and said that this was going to be this and this was going to be that, and um, and we never agreed to that or whatever." Uh, that was really weird. That was like, you guys, the- we can't police ourselves, so we're getting the winter police to come do it for oh us. We can't we can't hold to our own standards. And as funny as that kind of is, you go like, "What? Okay, this is this is grown up time, Capcom. Let's let's be grown ups for a second." You're right. They've traditionally haven't been able to do that. Um, they're listen, listen. They're an able company. Okay, they've done a lot. Uh, we're talking about them with this kind of like, sort of like, okay, it's at the little table right now, Capcom, because you can't handle the big things, and that's fun. And there's some legitimacy to that. But all you know, Capcom's a, it's Capcom. All right, come on. They've they, they've they've done great things. They can do it. Uh, they're just figuring this kind of new step out, and it's just the thing that doesn't really work out for them right now, but they're figuring it out. They're making progress in the avenue. And yeah, uh, I thinking about just these little like batch releases, that's fine. Uh, as far as I can tell right now, that might not be the route that I would go. Maybe it's not what I think would be the the most effective way of doing it, but I will absolutely take an effective way of doing it and uh, you know over what we've kind of been having and i think that will work just fine so yeah go for it go for something that works for you for now that i think will work for the community it'll work for well i can say it'll work for me I, I'm, I'm pretty sure and uh and, and get something get in a groove figure it out and then and then grow from there so i say i say bring it on i say whatever they can but how much longer are we going to be doing this like another year you think of, of bundles a uh, great question i i want to get into that a little bit more like when we talk about street fighter 6 and what's coming um you know with okay. uh with that capcom cup that's a great you know thing but i will segue back into um something you kind of touched on there and that's you're happy with where the game's at and that's actually a sentiment i'm seeing quite a bit right now in the community uh people are very excited about honda poison and lucia um even if like one of those characters is lackluster for you you're like 
overall, it's like, hey, you know what? I this game, like, I am reinvigorated with this game and this characters right now. I, I don't know. Like, let me turn it back over to you. Have you been seeing people complain about this, or are like overall, like, what are you seeing? Uh, that's people's thoughts that's about the, game? the particular pulse that I'm. I'm. I have my finger on. I let me be very clear. I'm not overjoyed. Okay, but I'm. I definitely have a little more faith. Like I say, the ship remains above water. This isn't about getting into like A plus or or you know B minus territory. This is like staying afloat and keeping things moving forward. And they've done that, and that's good. Uh, but the the kind of the barometer that I'm using is when you go on you know the FGC Twitter channels and such, and and you look at what people are saying, and you look at the kind of content that's coming out. You hear how people are talking about it, and yes, they are excited to, first and foremost, explore the characters. It's like a normal-ass time of FGC new content exploration, and that's a win, not because, I mean, you say like, okay, so it's just a regular Tuesday, this is what should be happening, and you're right, but we're not sitting here talking about how horrible one of the characters' faces look, or how mm-hmm. uh, bad of a deal it is, or, you know, that, that something costs this much, and this much information is revealed we're not focused on a negative man like that's a really big thing for street fighter 5 that's a really uh, big hey, hold on. Are, are you sure that honda hasn't been sexually harassing someone Dude. because <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> can you sorry, can, I... <laughs> can we not have a rainy moment for like one second please i was happy about something street fighter 5 related and you gotta oh, go sorry. there dude I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Anyways, uh, yeah. Well, people are excited to explore the game as a fighting game and they're not distracted by a negative. Uh, The game right now is not defined uh, by something like that. It's not, you know, someone says Street Fighter V and somebody screams out, eight frames a leg! Or, or, you know, on-disc DLC, or Chun-Li's face, doing things differently. It's not something like that first. It's just, oh yeah, Honda's pretty cool. Oh, Poison's interesting. Her regular costume's not my favorite, but it's totally made up for by her story costume. I like the Molotov kind of thing. She's harder to learn. Lucia's amazing. She's got some really cheap stuff. She might be super good. You know, that, those are the kind of conversations that are happening right now, and I think that's a really right. good thing. And I mean, that that's uh, that's what I'm seeing too. I wanted to make sure of that. So, so getting back into it here, if Capcom needs to miss a deadline or two with these bundles, um, like nothing is technically promised with them, right? They're, these bundles yes. can come at any time. Like you've got the fall, winter, spring, and summer, or you can name it like the freaking April Fool's like bundle or whatever. It's like it, it, there's no promises that that Capcom has to live up to. And if you've ever worked on a tech project before um we actually i just was talking with the team about this and i said like whatever you promise like on the tech side of things like for delivery like you want to add like double that and even if Mm -hmm. you add double that like to the timeline you're probably going to miss that deadline and and i mean these games take a lot of work i have not heard a single person ever a developer of these games say oh yeah like balancing these games and getting the characters online and all that like that's super easy to do Uh, when skull girls did their um their campaign, their, their crowdfunding campaign, like they raise like $70,000 or whatever. And they're like, Oh, that great. That's great. Like we have enough to animate like, you know, one character's hand moving like twice or something like that. It's it just, you know, I think they got up to like a million dollars or somewhere around there. Mm. Uh, they did a great job with it, but they needed a lot of money just to fund. I think it was like three or four characters, whatever it was. It, it's, it's not cheap to make these games is what I'm getting at. It's not easy. And so Capcom giving themselves enough 
waterproofing or whatever so they can Capcom up themselves, you know, like they can miss their deadlines, they can do all the stuff they need to do, uh, throw Capcom USA under the bus apparently, all that kind of stuff, like they, they have, they don't have to worry about that stuff with this system, and that's why I'm kind of happier to see it, like they, they've taken a lot of the expectations they put on themselves off of the table, um, and, and so I'm interested to see with that, right? Um, so the rumors right now, they continue to revolve around Oro, Rose, and Sodom. Uh, but if the last pack is any indicator, maybe Capcom will look at a brand new character or semi-brand new character like, like what they did with Lucia. Um, it, it's This is the characters I'm hearing about at least. Uh, are you hearing anything different on your end? I wanted to uh, ask you now that we've had this big reveal, and it's not it's not the next character, it's not the two next characters, but the three next characters and none of them have been Rose, and your tarot cards have been saying Rose for a long time. Now, I both feel sad for you, but a little like, what's up, man? Because mm -hmm. you had oh, me yeah. believe in. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. How do you feel about this no Rose situation? So one thing I've always prefaced my comments with is I know Rose is coming. I still feel very confident that she is. I just have no idea when. And that has kind of been, that's what I've gotten from my sources is that she's there. She's being play tested. She's being worked on. And I actually will go back to Sakura and Sagat. Um, those characters were being play tested, I think, as far back as season one of DLC or something like I heard that. About, I heard about them being play tested while at Capcom Cup where Akuma was released. That was 2016. We're in do one. So when, when Akuma was released, we were playing on those cabs, and uh, I heard about Sagat actually being played. So um, that's kind of the impression I've gotten with Rose from the people I've talked to. Um, I don't know if Capcom wants me there at Capcom Cup and they're like going to like shoot a camera on me and I, I'm like going to become like a GIF meme or something like that because of how much I freak out about it. <laughs> um, and I'll be on board with that. Like whatever dumb face like Capcom needs me to do to like become a Twitch emote or something, I'll do it. But um, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, that's kind of what I've heard about the character. I. I have it on really super good faith that she's there. I mean, it, it's like I I can't blow up my sources, but it's like, damn, if she's not like I'm. No, I get it. You had like yeah, some some like... blessed Cambodian tea leaves that you were reading, like this, <laughs> like these do not mess around. You get good information from this. Yeah, I mean, it's I I think I've said like I'm ninety to ninety five percent sure of her or something like that. Like, there's I could be wrong, like, but it would be like pretty shocking to me at this point. I don't usually go on the record that firmly uh, with something. I'll be like, well, I've heard this or like I'll kind of allude to it. But with this one, yeah. Um, All so right, that, that's so kind we of where I'm at. so we yeah. we didn't quite predict the end of the world the world right this time, but it's still coming, and it's yes. still coming during Street Fighter Five, or is it is it that Rose might be coming for Street Fighter Six? I uh, I mean, again, I, you and I have actually talked about that where. Uh, on this very podcast, no less. Oh, maybe that. Yeah, it could go into Street Fighter Five, or maybe we're just going to cut the thing down and start adding what we've done into Street Fighter Six. We're hedging that, and and, and also that. So you've got uh, an option select. You got an option yeah. select. It could be Street Fighter Five or Six. Okay, Rose is coming. There's. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so here's the thing about this is is that Capcom hasn't said like I mean with this bundle format they could actually release like five characters the next time out are we know two announcements are coming right november december that's almost back to back are they going to do two and then another one or are they going to do like one character at each probably or one each. are they gonna they got four already they're gonna get six that's what i think they're gonna do six like their traditional season that's one of one each that that would be the uh, the thought process right yeah. but i mean it, it's also we're nearing the game's lifespan we're, we're at the end how much longer are they going to try to like support this before they move their development team off completely off the game and, and kind of like just say, Hey, it's good enough right now. You know, there there's 50 characters or there's 45 characters or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, 
there everything is on the table now like now with doing things differently i'm i'm kind of looking at that like with the bundles and going holy crap like they could really do anything at this point and it kind of wouldn't surprise me too much like if we got 10 characters now um like they they did uh so they got kage they got the three here for evo and they do three more um at the north america regional finals and they do three more at capcom cup and they say hey you know what this is it that's it that's all you're getting for this game uh we you know we love you guys thank you for supporting it but you know ono is talking about street fighter 6 on twitter and you know maybe we're working on it maybe we're not or something like that like i can actually see that being a realistic plausibility like possible situation right now that was six more characters uh hot damn the sins are mostly forgiven at that point i think because Mm -hmm. that would just be an excellent display of of i don't know acknowledgement just presentation of It'd be a faith restorer, I think. So, yeah, I'll, I'll quickly uh, just chime on this and say that I, I really want to see mostly returning cast members at this point because Street Fighter Five has about 35% of their cast members at, at 38 right now, characters overall, um, that have been brand new to the Street Fighter franchise. That's a very solid portion of your cast to be brand new. Um Let's get back to the classics here. Let's get back to the characters that people love. And again, I I will say the only caveat I'll throw out there with that is like if you do have a very innovative and great idea that does not fit the mold of a previous character and you don't want to, you know, drastically change them. um, People have been highly receptive to Lucia, right? Like, I mean, they weren't at first, but like seeing her play style in action, they're like, heck yeah, I'm all in on this character. I just don't want to see another Falk or Ed situation. That's like, that's no dice. Like if you have a great idea for a character, go ahead and make a brand new character elsewise like try to pigeonhole them in there in another way and, and I, it, that's not easy for capcom like we, we went back and forth even on the last podcast talking about like roxy and poison and all that like um you know nick wanted to see a new character spinned off like because poison doesn't resemble her old self enough right but and so what i'm saying is it's not easy for capcom to do but i again i would rather see these characters just come back like that's that's more invigorating to me i think that also off uh, i was surprised they did lucia and uh, pleasantly surprised afterwards when i first saw her i was like oh crap what are you doing why why waste a slot like this but you're right she she even though she's just like another blonde character that especially at first and and, and in her presentation to her initial trailer it didn't seem like it it showed off that much of her pizzazz but Mm -hmm. then people started playing her and they really appreciate it like her frame trap game and her her offense her combos her fireball manipulation there's a lot of really cool things and people are enjoying doing it and they see a lot of potential and they see a lot of potential really quickly. It's like she has everything you need out of a DLC character on the level of how do I lure people into play? How do I keep them playing? And and how do I get, you know, well, I guess ultimately, you know, sales, it's business, it's, it's the experience, it's a social level. She's checking all the boxes. So I, I stand corrected that this late in the game, a character like that can still be pretty good. But that said... Uh, what you're getting to, I do think, is 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 very accurate. Characters like Rose, like Oro, like Fei Long, like Goken. Although I don't know if I, whatever. Uh, I think that they come along with the already established hype because they have fans to begin with. You start at like you know a level five instead of starting off from level zero, and then it only goes from there unless you screw things up. Um, and I don't know that you necessarily have anybody that would be an automatic home run just upon reveal, like like Sagat or Sakura, mm-hmm. although Makoto yeah. was really high up there on the uh, the popularity list, and she's oh, a little boy. controversial about that, and I know you hate yeah. her. Um, I don't hate her. I just she. I want to be very careful about this. I actually think Makoto's great. I played her in Third Strike. Her design terrifies me. Oh, for SF5. Yeah, because yeah, she zips SF- up into your face oh and just mauls. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, she was known as a one-read character in, in Third Strike, a game that was you know very controlled with the parry system and all that kind of stuff, but you can make one read and kill someone in that game. Uh, and now you take that into the meta of Street Fighter V, I'm just like, my mind is like exploding right now with like how stupid that could be. Um, yeah. Okay, and, and on that note, no one, you know, everyone that's listened to this podcast, any any episode for 15 minutes, there's a good chance if you only listened for a 15 minute chunk of it, you heard me talk smack about G. I don't like the character. I don't like his design. I was, I thought it was a pretty big setback um, from from like progress and the idea of Capcom moving Street Fighter V in a direction that I wanted it to go. Uh, it's still a black eye for me. That said, all three of these new characters, they don't feel like all the praises I just sent to them, like people are, are excited to try them out and for various reasons, but that's the point. They're excited to try them out. Um, so they're not just like flippity duds that like are, are not going to draw people in, but they also don't seem like silly or broken from, from what I've seen mm-hmm. so far. I think Lucia is the biggest, uh, the, the strongest from what we see thus far in potential. And, uh, but, but she hasn't become like, oh no, like this is like scientifically speaking, we look at the frame data here and we go, this is just way too much. And it leads to way too much. Um, all three characters have strengths enough to make them fun to, to explore. But thus far we don't have like an issue on our hands and none of them feel broken or, or silly and taking away from the game, detracting from it. Um, so I I think that's a really good look and it's three in a row. I want to dialogue on that actually just for a bit and we're going to get into these characters a little bit more later like how we're feeling about where they're at and stuff but it's so important when you add new characters to a fighting game that they fit a role and they fit a style that you do not have established already. It's like why are you adding another Cammy into the game if she's already there? It's like, we've got that. We've got a brain dead character that anyone could go in and win and play with. That's that's what Cammy is. That's what she's Lucia there for, Lucia looked right? like that for Ken for me. I was like, what are you doing <laughs> in, in yes. the initial presentation? But go ahead. And then you get into her and you figure out, you know, more that the, the picture opens up and you see that Lucia's fireball game. And I don't want to get too far into this. So, But you start seeing um, a bunch of of different play styles that are now applicable in the game that were not before and a bunch of different ways of doing it. And that is important with your characters. You don't need another, you know, it's, it's with the Shoto characters. It's so important that each of them are distinctive in this modern era. Uh, you know, I played back in the street fighter two era where it was like, you know, Ryu and Ken were basically mirror images of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's not good in this day and age. Like you can't spend those kind of resources on a character and have them be blah. Right. Um, you can, you can fail at it and mess up at it, but their, their approach, needs to be something special that you're bringing well, unless that you has have not been brought. 75 characters then you can do echo fighters but this this isn't that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and that's a bit of a different story there with a uh, smash ultimate like their echo fighters are it's totally fine like those fit the context of the game because you mentioned again like there's 70 plus characters yeah. like if you're having trouble like you know it's it, your trouble in smash ultimate is finding a character to main because there's so many great choices mm-hmm. it's like that is like the opposite problem that street fighter 5 has actually had up until recently like this is a game that's had under 30 characters until not that long ago right like it's like that wasn't the, the selection was something that you and i went off on like i don't know six months ago like eight months ago a little little ways back mm-hmm. i think like um but we were not happy with just like the lack of variety in the game there are too many grapplers too many rush down like this fleshes out those roles now and 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 yeah so it, it's i'm very happy to see it yeah you can play hacky sack with fireballs now and launch them at various angles but they're not that was something that could have been super broken too, and it it doesn't appear to be. It, it, there there seems to be intent with 
most every move that I've seen thus far with these characters yeah. that don't cover yeah. everything. And, um, and, and what that does is it develops a specific game that you can play with those characters. We'll talk a little bit about Honda pretty soon, about his standing heavy punch. There's a, there's a game that you can play with just moving around and pressing Honda's standing heavy punch, not necessarily to win consistently because you'd want to use all of his tools and not be predictable, but you can start with just using that for anti, because it works for anti-airs and it works for footsies. And you can, once you master that, you can move on and build other things to make it even more efficient. Um, and it's it's just something that, it, he's a character that you can build from one square that's not intimidating. It's not a mountain, it's just one thing that you can focus on. And then add to that and see why the new addition is important and how it works with that first thing. And you become that much better. And then you add on top of that and you build this building. And that process is freaking great. The fact that you can do that with at least this character, and it looks to be like that's the case with these other ones. Instead, instead of, oh, this character has this brain dead move that I just have to get here in this situation and then I can do it and it doesn't matter what my opponent does. And then I'll figure out some set play ass sequence and do that. And then I'll jump out of the corner for free. And, and it's like, okay, great. So you, that's, that's kind of fun and it's fun to win, but that, Fire, I think, burns out quickly. Outside, of course, of you know, winning tournaments with it and getting money and prestige and fame and Capcom Pro Tour points in that order. Uh, you know, we put up an article on the website uh, from Gotchkun uh, from FTC Translated, and it was like it, the article was titled like "How to Avoid Losing to Like Lesser Players." And I immediately jumped on the chat. I think I even texted you. I'm like, "Just play Rashid." <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're talking about that. I like this. It's like, yeah, just play Rashid. It's like you don't have to worry about losing to lesser players. And it's like it takes like a freaking mountain and like an army to beat you, you know? <laughs> uh, but anyway yeah your point is not lost on me um uh but we'll, we'll go we'll swing right back into that yes. uh, here in just a little bit but um so even though this was not mentioned by ono at uh, evo there is a solid chance that capcom will have a brand new fighting game content actually here at the tokyo game show which is right in the middle of september and the only reason i say that even though ono did not say like hey you know there's more coming then um is Basically, every year at the Tokyo Game Show, that is a super premiere event in Japan. Uh, and obvious, uh, also, they're like, you know, their E3 convention over there, right? Um, they've almost always had brand new fighting game content to show there. So, what I think we're going to see there is like brand new costumes and other things, which Ono is in, you know, the right frame of mind not to hype up. Like, he doesn't want to say, hey, we're going to have an announcement there. Uh, it, it's like costumes are kind of like, we get hype over them, we love them, like we're hardcore in the fighting game community, but a lot of people do not. That would lead to disappointment. So, I'm glad he's not hyping that up. I mean, I'm not positive they're going to announce something there, but I, that would be the likelihood like that we'd probably get something more minor there um yeah do you know what they should also do if they're doing that add some new stage transitions those things yeah, it, they mean yeah. they mean nothing and they mean everything like it's the sickest thing when you win with a stage transition you're like i won but your brain just got some chip damage on it too because now you know you you're you got that. You have to hold that, that you're wearing the stupid hat for the next yes. round or whatever, right? Like, it's a little embarrassing. So, um, and, and then the meta of it, like, trying to keep the hat on your, your like, head yes. and not get it knocked off and whatnot. Like, everyone, like, you can see people try to avoid that for a while, right? Yeah. And it's like, it means nothing. It's probably detrimental to your, like, You thing, can't but throw. Also, if you land a f your own throw, you'd, you'll lose the hat. So. Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a funny, like, game within the game at that point, but it, it works. Like, I, I mean, if, if you're about 
about to end around like with the hat on i think your opponent would like probably like take the loss if they could just knock it off your head it'll get you so, a story on event hubs i'll tell you that i think oh, li yeah. joe did it at yeah. e-league a few years ago <laughs> uh so anyway but moving along here um on we, we've talked about november we just talked about september the thing we've been alluding to here is the a new announcement in December. We've talked about there potentially being a bundle, but one of the rumors we are hearing right now is that a brand new version of Street Fighter V is heavily rumored for December. And I wanted to go back here and, and look at the history of Street Fighter, and I mean the entire freaking history of it, all the way from Street Fighter One to Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, uh, including the alpha games. I did not include EX in this because it's like, you know, not quite that. And I didn't include any like crossover games or anything like just the Street Fighter franchise as a whole. And I looked at the average time between release dates of these games. And I mean like all the uh, all the versions and whatnot. So like Street Fighter 2 to Champion Edition, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and even factoring in the 10-year break between Street Fighter 3 to Street Fighter 4, the average time it takes capcom to release a brand new version of street fighter is 1.87 years so almost two years basically mm -hmm. uh between every version of the game so like if that's too like you know too far removed from people like dude you have a 10-year gap in there with like street fighter 3 and you're talking about street fighter 1 to street fighter 2 like that's just like that's ridiculous to even kind of factor that in well I just actually calculated the modern period of time as well. And that would be from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5. All of their arcade releases, like uh, like all that kind of stuff, it came out to an average of 1.8 years. Oh, hey, that's so, the same number you said before. Pretty much, like with that, like a 7 like edition on there, like at the very end, like a, a 0.7 like fraction or whatever. So anyway, it's, it's pretty much like this is what they do. Like it's pretty much close to every two years they're going to release an update to their core street fighter franchise on average like you can't like take that to the bank because you know sometimes they might do like two in a single year or whatever and stuff like that there's there's some uh, variations to that but overall this is what they do mm -hmm. so arcade edition came out in january of 2018 so if they hit their typical release window of winter at the start of the year, which is what they do, they usually do February, um, March, somewhere around there for their Street Fighter entries, especially in modern times, um, we should see a new version of Street Fighter V in January or February of 2020. You so. bastard. I just went through, it, well, we, we, the community, just went through eight months of this like depreciating hope feeling and with his expectations and now we got something and now you're putting something that makes sense because <laughs> you have the numbers in front of us and would be awesome and you're saying well now here's something else to be disappointed about when it doesn't happen <laughs> we're, we're we're trying to celebrate our wins here and you're already looking for our future losses man uh i guess that's my way of saying that that sounds fairly legitimate and i'm now immediately trying to temper my expectations but 1.8 years huh yeah, 1.8, basically two years. It's it's good to round up on that. And, and what you're talking about is like the jump between Street Fighter 4 and Super and then like Super to Arcade yes. Edition and Arcade Edition. Yes. And then also that counts for like Ultra Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5's release date. That's correct, yes. And, and I wasn't like super scientific with it or I was like, okay, this one was released in February and this one was released in October. And, you know, that was like 1.6 months. And like it, it's, okay, I'm it's doing, averaged out. You did it by year? I just did it by year. Okay, I'm going to do it by like, month. And did we? Did you put an article out about this? Why am I only? No, here? I did not. Okay, I'm no, going to do this for an article, and but I'm going to do it by month. 
and uh, it's the numbers are going to come up close to the same like you're going to come up to like 1.76 or something like that it's like the math is not going to be that different so all right fair enough well i think people would be excited that would to be see my it. bet anyway yeah, yeah no 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 i'm, I'm the, gonna be held to this like with the rose stuff too yeah you're that's like, what the tarot back cards are like, saying hey, yeah, you're like Rose and Street Fighter Five, huh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so but some of the things that that we've heard um, about this new version of Street Fighter Five could be netcode improvements, uh, brand new V triggers. I am also, you know, I've heard like brand new V skills as well, but I'm actually very, very, very skeptical of anything that requires Capcom to have two selectable attributes on the character select screen for you to go through so for example if you have to choose between you know v skill a or v skill b uh, then also you know v trigger one v trigger two v trigger three or whatever like that stuff like capcom's never done that before um going back to street fighter three third strike uh alpha three street fighter four it was like you select one ultra one ism or, or one critical art or super or whatever it was called in, in third strike one super basically mm-hmm. um that has been their history and, and it, with an exception here of Street Fighter Cross Tekken, where you had to select 50 things, which pissed off the entire community, like they usually try to avoid stuff like that. So I'm a little skeptical we're going to get like brand new V skills, but yeah. What's the what's the reservation? Like, why is it bad though? Is it because people won't want to play the game because they have to do too many things before they get to playing, or it's too complicated that's and intimidating, or what? That's essentially it. Yeah, you're you're adding another layer on there, and I, I think at this point in the game's lifespan, it makes more sense to do that. And then Capcom has done something really nice here where they've given everyone profiles and it's like hey now i can pick my favorite stage and you know my favorite characters highlighted i don't even have to like you know remember where my character's at all that kind of stuff is done for you Mm -hmm. so it's less of an issue than it's ever been before um and then you go to the tournament level and it's like well these players are hardcore anyway it's going to take them you know two seconds to select their you know v skill v trigger or whatever but the fact that capcom has never done it before that gives me reservations of like oh yeah that's like that's a lock thing for sure it's like when they've never done it, it scares me to think that they will. I mean, but there are plenty of things. That, okay, so you're talking about stuff that's mandatory that you have to select every time because you can still go through yes. and select your taunt and your color and all these things. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's going to take time, and but it's it's not like going to necessarily affect your gameplay. And so there's yeah. an argument there. Uh, but I would kind of bring up something that I think is related. Street Fighter Four, for instance, you had to like bring up your like go into the game and bring up your buttons like every freaking time especially in tournament uh and and just double check and and go through that and then here in street fighter 5 you still do that right you still go back to that you know button configuration screen and that's a whole process so as far as like the time consumption thing uh, yeah, it's not my favorite thing to do, and I wish there were an even more efficient way. They've made it better already, but I wish it was you know even less of a thing. Um, but that doesn't you know deter me from from playing the game. So I I feel like those kinds of obstacles are already there. Um, and and sure, it still is something of an obstacle, even if it's not a a, a break you know a deal breaker kind of a thing. But I, for what would be gained out of that, I think it's still worth doing. And I think people, even if they're a little bit resistant to the idea at first, the gain that you're getting out of it, like a whole new V skill and that potential and that depth and all of that uh, is is absolutely worth having that. And people would see that too quite quickly. Okay, so now I actually agree with you. And I think you, you raise a great point, but I, I have to pose this question now to you. When does Capcom ever do something new that they have not done before? Well, you could measure that on certain levels, you know, like bringing in characters <laughs> that they've never joke, used. But, but yeah, but yeah, you're right; they're they're damn yeah, conservative in a lot of their in a lot of their yeah. practices. So, 
Yeah, it's it, it's mostly it's like eh, it, this makes sense, but we're Capcom, we kind of don't do that. So you know, it's like this is how it is. And oh boy, I can tell you some stories about that actually happening behind the scenes with some people that were not happy about those choices being made. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, so so getting right back into it though, um, since the the grandma that only is okay with going to Boston Market when we go out to eat, it's the only thing she'll do is only go there. <laughs> Gosh, Capcom, broaden your horizons. Thanksgiving any time of year is great, but still. Also, Boston yeah. Market, if you want to sponsor us, we'll talk about you more. All right, go ahead. Yeah, hey, yeah, all of our grandmas like to go to Boston Market, Absolutely. so we're totally in with this. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to um, what we think might be happening here with, with uh, a brand new version of Street Fighter V. We're going to call it Super Street Fighter V. That's what we've done before. Um, Hopefully, they add a brand new defensive mechanic, which you and I have spoken about before. Um, this is, again, to offset how godlike V-Triggers are. Like, V-Triggers are just so dominant in this game. Please dial them back just a little bit more. And again, I, I think you're probably feeling that a little bit less now um, with, you know, the characters who you're playing, especially with Honda. Um, uh, but yeah, like, actually, how are, how are you feeling like right now? Like, do you feel like V-Triggers have kind of been organically dialed back by these characters? Well, I would love to answer that, but right after this message from Joe Monday. Hello, hi, Joe Monday here from our Street Fighter to tell you about RSF Radio. It's a podcast where I bring on some of the most influential people in the FGC that you might not know about. See, there's a lot of people that are kind of behind the scenes, greasing the wheels, making things work that you might not know about. And I bring those people front and center to talk about what's been going on in the FGC on the day-to-day. Anyway, folks, if you want to find RSF Radio, search r slash sf radio in whatever browser, I suppose, or bit.ly slash rsf radio. Be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks, Joe. And now back to me talking about V-Triggers. Um, the V-Triggers, I don't feel like they have been a super deciding factor, like the only deciding factor because they're so strong. And that's kind of like the broadest the negativity I could talk or say about V-Triggers in, in well, in Street Fighter V, duh. The ones that I have a big issue with are the ones that kind of take command over everything and are the defining uh, aspect of the fight. None of these new ones feel that way. Honda's, he, he gets super armor, and so he can definitely use them in gimmicky ways. His is probably the gimmickiest because you can charge up a headbutt and when do you release? Oh, did you just catch me because you happened to release when I jumped? It wasn't like there's a scientific reason that he'll jump after I you know charge this for three-fourths of the time. It was, I released it now and hope for the best, and it's negative seven, and it's pretty safely spaced, so whatever. Things like that. Uh, you get away with a lot of those things, but... Uh, I, I do take one quick issue with what you said there. Uh, you clearly, when talking about gimmicky V-Triggers, have not seen Poison's V-Trigger 2 in action, her command grab. The whip. That is going to scare the crap out of you when you see it in a great player's hands. Maybe. So, yes. it, does it go in the air? Can she snatch you out of the air with it? No, she cannot, but um, she can hit you in a block string with it and command grab you. So if you don't neutral jump it uh, or jump over it, she's grabbing you basically. And it's just it's just for damage. Does she get a combo off of it or? or... Oh, she can combo right into it. No, off it, of it, it is, uh, after off she of hits it. it. No, not not afterwards. As far as I know, I don't think she. And can does she get Oki? So. 
Uh, I haven't looked closely enough because there's two versions of it. Uh-huh. I think on the one that's close up, I think she does, especially she does it in the corner, which is often what she's doing. She's throwing you back into the corner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think she does there, but on the long range one, I, I don't believe she does. Sure. Steven uh, hit me with that a, f- a few times, and it, it is scary. I figured that there was for sure going to be an up one, and that was the mix up. Was like, is she going to go to the air or the ground? And so it makes you hesitate and then you get hit or something like that. Um, most of the time, I see the Molotov, which mm-hmm. even that, they it only it doesn't stay out there for all that long you know it feels like a a a healthy amount Uh, and it it, these v triggers are kind of filed into specific categories instead of catch-alls in my experiences thus far lucia's is pretty strong but again it's not like oh she popped v trigger the game's over so that's what i would say about um a v trigger so far they are still kind of goofy in certain ways like gimmicky like okay but but there's a certain there's there is a place for a little bit of that for to keep that variable that's always a thing and i I think if you look through sports and and competition in general the variable factor is certainly there i've been playing a lot of teppin lately and that's like baked right into the fact that like you don't know what cards you're gonna get out of your 30 card deck you know that's that's randomly given to you and that's and that's okay that doesn't detract from like, like okay i'm I'm, you know, playing the hand that I've been dealt sort of a thing. And so you get this little bit of an extra thing, this little bit of a, of a spice, as long as it's not determining everything. It's like a little dessert because it is fun. You know, when you get away with that crap, it's fun. Uh, when you hit someone with Honda's V-Trigger 2, which for those that aren't directly aware, it's a, he, he slaps the ground and then he charges at you and he has a hit of armor and he, it's into a command grab. So it's a running command grab. It's very... Uh, hold on, hold on. You're missing the most important part of that. He says, F you up. Like when he- <laughs> I'm going to F you up. <laughs> it's great. It's like it really sounds like he's saying it's, it too. But anyway, no, it's no matter what. If Capcom produces the text and says, "Oh, this is what he's saying," he's like, "I'm gonna read you a book or whatever." I don't know. Uh, no, it's not. It's it's. I'm gonna. You up. I, I hope there's Hondas in top eights because every time he activates, it's like a Honda versus a Karen, which sounds like maybe it'd be terrible. I don't know. Uh, you know everyone laughs on one side, but everyone screams. You up. On the other side, it it it'd be a real crowd pleaser i think they did that on purpose for hashtag esports although saying the f word is not going to be okay on espn i don't know but anyways he charges at you with his face skill and grabs you and immediately takes you to the corner where he gets a setup so that puts you into like honda's best position it's like oh that makes total sense it's from what i can see you can combo into it so that's good uh but um, as far as otherwise, it's kind of gimmicky. You want to, you, you, people will cancel it randomly and it, and it hits people now and it's terrifying. It's like really scary when you're just first experiencing it because you're absolutely not ready. And then you are ready, but your hands aren't ready. So you still get caught and that's the worst. But quickly thereafter, he, even if he's like, like even if you hit him with a light move and he absorbs it with the armor, you'll still have time to jump out of it uh, in certain situations. So it's it's not really fast enough to be a gimmick, which or to be to be um, efficient. But you can armor through like heavy moves if you think those are going to come, stuff like that. Uh, but it's it's fun. It's been a lot of fun to use, and it's not a it's not a game definer. Right. So now, now that you're you're turning over this kind of new leaf uh, on life or new lease mm. or whatever it is, yeah, um, that you're not playing Nikali. Thank goodness. No, like, I'm still I'm, playing Nikali. I'm just you're currently... not playing Nikali anymore because you're actually articulating your thoughts now and you're talking logically. If you're playing Nikali, you'd be like, rah, rah, rah. like that would be the the extent of your thoughts. Wow. I know you're not playing them anymore. And that's just it's not happening. Is that all Nikali players? Is that a blanket that statement? A stereotype to encompass an entire group of people, John, recorded every and posted Nikali on the internet. 
hammy player on the planet talks that exact same way. Every single one, and they all fall into that group, and that is how it is. Well, but, uh, but, Rose players yeah. are liars. <laughs> we are actually, so I have told that. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, um, so I, I do have to throw this back at you. Like, so do you still want a defensive mechanic added to this game now? Now that you're seeing it from this angle, like, do you still think we need that? Oh, I think that would help offset the. I mean, Rashid's still here, man. Uh, right. Okay. And and I also uh, here's another thing that you have to take into account. The new characters are really popular, so you're probably playing one, and everybody else that you're running it, not everybody, but a lot of people you're running into are playing them, and you're in a little bit of a bubble because you're not necessarily playing all of the rest of the cast as much. You know, um, at least that's been my experiences, and I'm wary of that. Like, once you take Honda out into the wild and face like a, an Akuma that knows what he's doing, or even worse, an Akuma that doesn't know what he's doing, uh, you might start, you know, really feeling the pain. And I've, I've seen that a little bit. Um, I will say, in the small ventures that I have had playing him online against other characters, I've had a, a surprisingly a decent amount of success, and it's been fun. Um, uh, John, John, I, I have to ask you, wasn't there someone who said, like, if you play this character, you're going to have more success with them than you've ever had before? Yeah, but that's someone that I would never believe because they're a damn Rose player, <laughs> yeah. so I had nothing to go off of that didn't encourage me at all. Yeah. Uh, well, no, and I'm not... Here, here I got I to gotta qualify all this. Uh, I've also very much changed my approach to the game. I'm not sitting here thinking, like, I need to prepare like to, to try to win Evo. Um, I'm not doing rocky steps and stuff. I'm just like, I'll play it when I feel like it. And, uh, and, and I've also boiled it down from like, I want to raise my rank online and I want to be ready for tournaments and I want to win and things. It's more like, I just want to get on and I just want to explore Honda. Like that has been where I've had to move my personal mind to, to get to, to, to want to play. And that's fine. Um, but my point of view has very much changed. My expectations, what I want to get out of it has changed. Um, it's, it's even gotten even more refined than that. What I was talking about earlier with just playing the standing heavy punch game and mastering that uh, has it's like I don't care about anything else. I'm divorcing my care for points. I'm divorcing my care for like if they did a stupid thing and it worked, well, I have nothing tied to it. It's fine. But I just want to see if I can make this choppy move hit that other guy a lot of times. And that's all it is to me right now. And so it's in, in certain cases, it's, you know, kind of apples to oranges. And I still would play Nicole. And, and in tournament, like, uh, I'd, I'd goof around with them because I do, some of me does want to win and I still will, you know, do that kind of a thing. But that's been my mentality with Honda to be in this more exploratory and patient approach because I think that's really appropriate for what I'm doing here. And I also want to continue to delve into different avenues, avenues of the game so I can talk about it, you know, so I can write about it and such. But that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's I've been watching some of your footage, of course. You know, watching you play Steven, and all that. And even oh, Nicholas you watched the replays, or just when you were when you were? Oh, just when I was, you know, observing in the lobby and stuff like that. Just to see the the thought and the intent behind your play, the things we've talked about here on the pod, like actually come to fruition. It's been beautiful. It's it's like it's like poetry. It's like. It's watching someone, it, the difference here, I can give a, a really classic example, and that's watching Michael Jordan play basketball or watching him play baseball. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can play baseball. I mean, you're a triple A level, you know, like minor league player or whatever. That's great. Like if you can do that, and I mean, clearly incredible athlete, but the, the real poetry, the real magic is watching him play basketball and, and watching you play a character that fits you so much better is so wonderful to see. It's just, uh, I, again, I do not have a lot of respect for Nikali and Cammy's design. 
if you play those characters, and, and you know, I was just ripping on them a second ago, my real thoughts on them are I really hate their designs in terms of like just how dialed back and super basic they are as characters, but it doesn't mean they don't take skill to win with. Like, it's not like you could just randomly pick those characters. It's just like I hate how they are put into the game and how they're implemented and I think that they really hurt the game and hurt the players that are playing them actually with the way that they're currently there um so but anyway uh and just to clue people into to how stuff works around event hubs behind the scenes like we're all actually really good friends uh and and with that like when when we are actually on really friendly terms we are ripping on each other and like just like it, that is a sign of respect around here when we are giving each other crap mm-hmm. oddly enough it doesn't seem like it but if you have really close friends like you understand that like y- you can tease your friends in certain ways and like give them like more garbage than they would ever have from anyone else um but at the end of the day it's like dude like i have so much respect for this person and, and that's generally how we operate here so. I called my boss a bastard on the podcast <laughs> yeah. that we're going to post on the internet. So I know. I was totally good with it. I was like, hell yeah, I get to do it. So. Yeah, you bastard. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we have a new story mode has been rumored for Street Fighter V, this new version. And this would be a full-on story mode. Not like the character story things like with new artwork and stuff like that that we get with every brand new character, which are just fine. This is like Bison needs more chess pieces and he has to go to the moon or something like that. And there we go. Like we're talking about that here. Yes. (laughs) Finally. Uh, Yeah. Finally, we get that that continuing saga. Uh, So I can see all the characters up to this point included for about 40 bucks or so. Um, Not all the DLC. I want to be very careful with with how I say that. Like the costumes and whatnot, I think are huge money makers for Capcom. And I don't think that they could include everything in there. Maybe they could uh, and charge 40 bucks for it. But I don't think that's realistic for them anymore. Um, Not like it was for Ultra Street Fighter 4. Um, but anyway, like 40 bucks here, uh, you get all the characters that have been released to this point. Um, and, and yeah, and, and so, and then a, a couple last things here to, to get us off the subject finally would be, uh, updated, uh, user interface. Like we got for, you know, arcade edition, we got the gold format, all that stuff looked great. You know, that everything's like kind of like a movie set. Right. Um, and then Capcom might even announce that this is the final version of street fighter five. They don't, they don't, may not necessarily do that. Like, you know, it's the, they might want to hedge their bets a little bit more, um, which we'll get into here in a second, but, um, this is Capcom's history. This is what they do as a company. They rebundle their products and release them again. And they've done it a lot. And you know what? The, the craziest part about it, to me at least, is that they're generally well-received when they do it. It's like, okay, well, here's Street Fighter II Champion Edition. This is great. This is amazing. Like, you know, here's Arcade Edition for Street Fighter V. Like, they they had actually said they never planned on doing another version of the game. Or, like, you know, this is the only disc that you'll ever need and stuff like that. They said, you know, some things about that. And then they release it and people are happy about it. And they're thrilled about it. Like, you know what? If people are happy about it, like, it's fine with me. Like, it's like, if people don't mind it, like, great. Like, it seems a little weird, but that's our history here in the fighting game community of Capcom rebundling their products and releasing them again and charging you 40 to 60 bucks for it. It's like, people like it. Hey, you know what? Like, more power to them. Yeah, it's not broke. And so keep doing it. And Capcom definitely is one to keep doing it. So, yeah. So moving on here, um, with that that potential final version of Street Fighter V coming in early 2020, Ono has started to talk about Street Fighter VI. And, and where I go with this is that no one made Yoshinori Ono go on Twitter and say, hey, we're not talking about Street Fighter VI. Like, why are people talking about it and whatnot? He didn't have to say anything, but he starts off with a denial or talking around it or whatever. Um, and, and guess what? Like, Ono trolls 
and then but he's oftentimes hinting at something so we put out the story about e honda being in street fighter 5 like months before he was out there uh based on the candy that ono was eating like we shut down the entire website for like two hours while every team member like analyzed and went over like what was on Ono's. i was like i don't want to write this stupid story it's about a candy and you guys are reading into it but we talked about it uh you know as a as a group as the you know staff and like no it's a thing and so like, all right well better believe it then <laughs> and yeah, and it, yeah and it worked out like ono's like hey you guys are reading into it you know too much but winky face on the end and stuff and we even did a follow-up article about it and actually i'll, I'll flew people into that too both you and i read the far- uh, follow-up article from justin uh and and we were like dude like you did this and then we looked at the contents of the article and we're like that's actually really good that's a really good analysis it's a really good approach to it like i'm glad you followed up on it now right um, and, and so anyway, this is Ono's history. He says like, Hey, uh, we never said it was Akuma. Oh, you're reading too much into it being a Honda. It's like, Oh yeah. All these things like pan out. And so the fact that he's going out of his way with not too many people talking about street fighter six, and he mentions it on his Twitter, that's probably a hint that it's on the horizon. How, how right? many years uh, does it take to design a big game like this? Three or four? About three or four, yeah. It's it's it can depend on the game and the title and how stuff is working. Uh, but about three or four. Yeah, yes. there's no way they're not already doing that stuff. They've probably been doing it for a while. Yes. They've probably been yeah. doing it for like two years. So, but so if the potentially final version of Street Fighter Five comes out when we think it will in 2020, a two-year window. Again, we're back to the two-year window, right? Uh, of would put Street Fighter Six. In the 2020, um, the early part of 2020, January, February, um, you know, March, April, somewhere around there. Uh, And that means the next generation consoles will have been out for a little over a year. Assuming, excuse me, assuming the the PlayStation 5 launches around the same time as the Xbox Scarlet. Wait, you're saying that Street Fighter 5 comes out in the early part of 2020? Yes. And then a two-year window from that would put Street Fighter 6 coming out in 2022. Okay, Street Fighter 6 in 2022. Yes, Yes. and you're right. And give them about a year and a half or so. Yeah. And that's kind of the timeline I'm looking at right now. It's Capcom. Uh, I'm I'm a Rose player, so I like to read the tea leaves or tarot cards a lot with this stuff like that. That's Capcom is, is if you can say like Capcom doesn't follow history that closely but if you look at it they really do a lot of times like there are exceptions to the rule but this is a company that often repeats their successes and their failures quite a bit and, and that's kind of what we see like over and over and over again with this, this uh with this team uh and it's funny how things don't change a lot they do evolve but they don't change a lot they, they continue to do many of the same things repeatedly yeah absolutely all right, so so that's about enough of that. Uh, we're actually going to get into here a bit of a negative subject. Uh, clearly, there are uh, many allegations running around um, in the fighting game community about people being sexually harassed and assaulted. Um, and, and I'm stating very clearly up front, that's not okay. Uh, if this is happening to you, uh, if you're doing to someone else, like um, it needs to change. And, and we need to grow better and be better as a community. Is completely unacceptable. Uh, and and I do give some credit to the people who have admitted they've had problems and are, you know, being proactive about it. I think that's a good thing. Um, if you've had problems about it and are doing like half denials or like, well, you know, or whatever and stuff like that, I don't respect that as much, you know? Uh, but, um, this gets into some sticky territory for us as a website and as a podcast and all that, because we can get into legal hot water if we venture too far, uh, you know, too far adrift and whatnot. We do have to wait for legal proceedings to go through. Um, we can report on some of that stuff. So we have to be very careful. Um, 
One thing we can say, though, is uh, we have severed ties with Chris Bond, who is a photographer that we've contracted with in the past. Um, we felt with the stuff that was out there, uh, we did not want to be associated with him kind of going forward. Uh, professional relationship was not in our best interest. Um, and and that's kind of like the statement I'm, I'm capable of putting out there without saying too much or too little, right? Uh, I do want to address that. Um, this is not a... We can't say... Yeah, you see, I'm I'm gonna get myself in trouble if I if I go much further than that. But um, I I will just go back and and add in that I think wherever nasty behavior is happening in the fighting game community, we need to continue to put our feet down and say that's not welcome here, and it must stop. And it's never going to go away entirely. Um, but we can make our community a better place and clean things up as best we can. It's it, this is a problem everywhere. It's not just a problem in the fighting game community. Um, and and we just have to continue to to rise up to talk about this stuff, uh, uh, to be proactive about it when it does happen, and try to do things the right way, uh, do through you know through legal channels and all that kind of stuff. Use the system, systems that have been set up uh, and, and are a big part of our lives, especially with the Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff. Use those things, and, and use them to do things the proper way. You know, and and channel this stuff where it needs to be. Uh, take care of the you know the the perpetrators of this kind of stuff, and, and also help out the victims that have, have been through this as well. Uh, I don't have all the answers, but um, again, it is a process that that we as a fighting game community need to continue to dive into, um, take very seriously, and figure out the right ways of doing this as a scene. And and no one has all the answers, but but we can definitely all work together to make it better. Yeah. I don't have much to say in the uh, in the specifics of the cases that have been brought forward as to whether or not you know how valid they are who you know the the victims and the aggressors and you know who's to blame and all that stuff and if we can take the evidence um, at face value I think that social media is pretty whack in general for information communication and so um, but the the fact of the matter is these something has been going on. Uh, and and it's not good. Like and it's in the FGC. Like this kind of thing where people are are sexually inappropriate with each other or, or physically or, or all of this stuff is is happening. Um, that's something that we can we can definitely garner out of this, and that's a bad thing. I, I but I want to caution people to not think that or fall into the idea, the kind of the trap idea that this is suddenly happening happening now. It's emerging now to the public right now. And we've seen this happen in other groups that happened, you know, the kind of the, the Hollywood version of this happened like a year and a half ago or so. And suddenly a lot of people, one person broke the dam and a lot of people come forward. And that makes it feel like, wow, suddenly the, this particular group, this community is just filled with, the, you know, this disgusting thing. And, uh, and it's, I, I ultimately, I, I think that it's one, it's, it's something you find where you find big groups of people. Like that's a problem people do. Uh, and, and that's not okay. Uh, but it, but it definitely happens a lot. I don't think that, well, I can't really speak to whether or not it's, it's particularly, um, uh, happening a lot in the FGC, but there is a silver lining to this. Because one, I believe it's been happening for a while. I think whenever you have big groups of people like this, uh, and and like you know these kind of situations, people will do these kinds of things. The fact that it's now coming out is um, progress. 
it means that we're beginning to deal with it instead of just having it happen and having it grow. Now, people that, you know, just from this happening, like these, 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 the cases that have come up now, maybe just this and the talk about it and the, and the, the fact that the FGC is like, whoa, we're, we're not going to be okay with this. And like, this is not something you can do anymore. And at first it's like, it's not something you can do as much. And that becomes less and less and less. And people are, are motivated to not do it where they might've, um, the, the fact is we are making progress with this. And so, again, nothing to say really on the specific cases, but uh, I hope that the instances become less and less, and that's not because they're happening and, and they're just going under the radar. I hope it happens less and less because we are identifying it, we're saying it's not okay, and then we change as a community. So I think we these are the first steps towards something like that. So some good to come out of it, but it is a pretty sucky time. The morale is in some ways fairly, you know, lowered and, uh, but, but progress. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll add that, uh, you know, there's a number of, uh, first time dads in the fighting game community now that we're seeing, uh, I've got three kids. I'm planning on raising them all in the fighting game community. Like this is what I do. This is what I love. I don't know, you know, how much they're going to pick up the torch for me and run with it. But, um, you know, I want my kids and other people's children and the, everyone in the community to have a safe place to go to you know, as safe as we can make it, right? Um, and I think that's going to become, I think that's already most people's interest right now in the fighting game community. Everyone wants it to be safe and good. And it's just figuring out how, you know, and that's going to take us time and it's going to take some changes, but we will get there if we try hard. That's one thing about the fighting game community is we're resilient as all can be. Uh, and we find ways of making this stuff work and getting better and stronger and all that kind of stuff. And we will get there. We just have to be, we have to be good about it. So... All right. Uh, I, I want to get into now um, uh, something we've, we've um, been kind of alluding to a little bit here. Uh, and John, this is something that, that you've been quite close to. Um, and that is Capcom's esports business. They, they actually put out a statement here um, to their investors saying that it generates an insignificant amount of revenue right now at the present. But that's okay. Can you tell us why that's okay? This is a recent um, snippet from the the most uh, the latest investor relations report. And the last time we visited the investor relations report, and I believe the time before that, it was all a message of like, let's we're gung ho for esports. We're all in 10, 15, 20 years into the future, something along those lines. It's like this is the thing. And then this time rolls around in your messages. Uh, by the way, you guys know that huge, uh, you know, incentive that or that that, that huge uh, endeavor that we're going on. Uh, we haven't really made any progress yet. It's still kind of just like you know, it's sort of there. But we're excited, and and I think that that is uh, as as kind of contrasting as it is. It's accurate, and I think that it is a realistic place for things to be right now. Again, they've really only had Street Fighter V, and Street Fighter V has been turbulent, and it's like, yeah, it's there, it's growing and such, and but uh, it, it's certainly not going to take you into that 10, 20, or 30 years into the future excited, like, yeah, let's go kind of realm. Um, but they're continuing to build it. They had a big success, as we talked about, with the new characters at Evo and such, and like, who knows what the plans are. They've recently come out with Teppen, the card game, which I may or may not have been playing throughout this entire uh, podcast thus far, well, you know, <laughs> muted. Uh, it's actually really fun, and um, and they uh, just recently announced like a five hundred thousand dollar. Like a like a, this feels like kind of a mini tour. There's like a handful of dates on it, but this like kind of esports adventure for Teppen, and it's a free to play mobile game that it's not anything like a pay to win. It, it's it feels 
fun and competitive enough. And so they're beginning to uh, set out on their journey. And I like what they said here because it feels very honest. It feels like, hey, just, you know, just to let you guys know, we're, it's, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is not like, oh, guess what's going to happen tomorrow? It's going to be all glitz and glam and League of Legends or Fortnite or whatever. It's a process. And this tells me that they're fairly down-to-earth with what they're they're doing. So before, it, it, not to say that the previous statements uh, were erroneous, but they were certainly a little, like, lofty and in in looking to the horizons and beyond and up in the clouds and what's gonna happen and that's good you want to definitely have your eyes on the goal but this kind of brings us back down to earth and i think it's a good look and it feels accurate and and if you have someone that's being honest with you aka like there's no rose player you know here then i think that's a good place to be so i just thought it was a, a you know not not wonderful news, but but good news to know, and and kind of a kind of a taking of inventory of where we're at. And one of the things that jumped out at me was they're starting to list the streaming and TV deals in their investor relations in terms of growing revenue as potential, you know, big sources for them. Um, it, it, they you know they state I think specifically that they're they're focused on heavily growing audiences and viewership. This is good. This is where a lot of other esports um, people, uh, organizations, and other stuff have made money, and, and it is a bright future for them. It's something I've talked about before. Um, I am much more impressed with Capcom's statements to their investors now. It's something you talked about, where it feels like they're getting it. They're understanding what the stuff should be, how it's going to look. It's okay to drop money on something short term to have it produce long term. It's a classic thing with business. A lot of businesses, they do not make money their first two years in business. They lose money and then they hope to start turning a profit or even breaking even years like three and four and so forth and so on, right? Um, and, you know, Capcom needs to be candid and open with their investors, but it shows me very good long-term thinking that is putting something, putting your eggs in the basket that they should be in. And I'm happy to see it. It's like, yes, this is what I want to see. Me too. Yep. All right. So moving along here, uh, we've been definitely teasing this quite a bit. So let's go ahead and get right into it and talk about uh, week two of Honda, Poison, and Lucia. Um, you you were mentioning this before that Honda is a. Uh, well, I, I should mention that that Honda is a neutral controlling master in my opinion. He's great at stopping flails. And what we mean by a flail is like pretty much like Urian's like ex like tackle is like completely indicative of it. It's like you know what uh, I'm getting my butt kicked right now. I I've got a bunch of resources. I'm gonna go ahead and ex tackle. I gotta hope something happens. That's good, right? And, and, and that's like the classic flail in this game. It's usually based around a V-trigger, um, some kind of like basically overpowered move that doesn't have enough drawbacks to it. And it's just kind of something you could throw out there and kind of hope for the best, right? Mm. Um, so anyway, I think... Kind of like Honda's headbutt in this game. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. Uh, thankfully, he does not get a lot off of that. That's kind of like the big difference there, but it's pretty good in like kind of the average, you know, neutral of the game, right? Um, but overall, I'm still really liking where Honda's at. Uh, some people are calling him low tier, though. Um, I have him in the middle, but like, where where are you seeing him right now? As kind of like a, a pseudo Honda main who really needs a drop to Kali still. But where are you seeing him? <laughs> it's early. I don't like doing this. Uh, but with where I've seen so far, and I don't see the whole picture yet, uh, I feel like he'll probably settle around mid tier somewhere. Um, I, I, he'll probably have some particularly rough matches, because that's kind of usually the story for Honda. Just in his basic design, he's sort of set up to be that way. 
Um, and it's to the point where, like, if he's going to be good, it's because his damage output just outweighs the fact that he has a really hard time, something like that. But when it's, like, you're making him good because he hits really hard, that there's usually... It's usually... That's not, like, a high enough resolution solution to make things fun. Um, that said, like, he's... He is pretty good at controlling the space. He has a, a fun mix of defense and offense, and I think that the most efficient is like to have a, a, to lean towards defense most of the time, but be ready to pounce on offense when that when that opportunity does come. Uh, but most of the time, it is kind of like a turtley situation. Uh, but he, like I was getting at earlier, he definitely has an identity as a character, like a, a style, a gameplay that is fun to do. It's fun to manipulate, and and you feel like you have a game plan against just about everyone. I haven't played a Monot yet, and uh, and I don't think I've played a Guile either. It feels pretty scary. But, <laughs> you know, whether Honda's playing against you know, a lot of Lucia and Poison and such, and I've played a handful of Urians, and, and Akuma's pretty gnarly. Um, but he, he always feels like, especially as the defensive one, he can kind of deal with it. Like, he can play the game. He doesn't feel completely helpless, and that might change, especially as, uh, you know, like, Tok- if, once Tokido takes Honda into the into the um, training room and figures out all the little gaps and where he oh, can be boy. hit and his weaknesses, it's like, yeah, I think this character is kind of... Like, you I th- you put him in, like, top 15 or so, right? Something like that. Uh, yeah, mid-tier right now in this game is right around 20. Because uh, there's almost 40 characters in the game, so yeah. it's uh, he's right around the 20 range is what I would have him. Yeah, and I think like he's gonna he's he's gonna fall a little bit from where he is now because you're still getting away with new character stuff, and um, although he, there is a little bit of technicality in like when you use what kind of punishes and what mm-hmm. like what degree of hands and when you're gonna you know how you're gonna get from well if the first move involves you know medium punch and I have to cancel that into hands I have to find a path for it with my fingers and hit four buttons and that, so that I end on the appropriate you know punch button things like that not the most technical but something to think about but a lot of his stuff is when do i hit standing heavy punch and when do i do a relatively street fighter 5 safe headbutt and things along those lines and those are pretty big chunks of damage that come off of the life bar all at once so he's probably benefiting from that as an you know in like the early battles when people are figuring out what he can do when akuma runs into you know a standing heavy punch that's no joke and he does that a couple of times and and you know came over but once you figure out all the particulars, I think he's going to fall a little bit on the... Um, so I'm guessing that he'll be a little below mid-tier, mid-tier a little below. But that said, the fact that he can... It feels like he has something to do against everyone, and a big part of that is like his ability to absorb those fireballs and actually use that you know, to, to build meter um, to, with which to do something, with which he can then sort of use to... Uh, to get through the fireballs like that's really cool that's a, that's a l- awesome answer that means that just because you have a fireball and uppercut doesn't mean you have an overwhelming advantage on honda this time around and that's nice so he can play this like defensive game um and then then be a little more offensive against certain characters depending upon their abilities um against pretty much everybody and that's a really good thing not the yeah. best in the game maybe not the most fun character in the game but I'm having fun with them, and I think there's yeah. a there's a legitimate there's a legitimacy behind it. Like there's a there's a reason to pick them up and play them. If if you, if you enjoy that style of play, like where where were you getting that before? What character were you going to play in this game that that you know wasn't like a defensive you know 
that had that defensive ability and was more of a turtle and could dish out the damage. Like Honda fits a role that like was not in this game to that degree. Um, maybe you could argue like, well, maybe you know Guile, maybe not. Like, well, those are kind yeah, of like Guile very... had more fun on offense anyway. Yeah, so. <laughs> those are two very different type of characters, and I love what you said about like leaning in on defense. And and actually, what I'm seeing right now is kind of crazy, and it's like it, this is what Street Fighter Five has done to us. Like it's it's made us crazy, but. Um, I'm seeing a bunch of Honda players go in on offense and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is like, I, this is street fighter five. You cannot just play defense and get by and win in this game. You have to go in, but Honda's a character from what I can see who has great defensive ability. He gets a knockdown or two, then he goes in and he, you know, messes you up really bad. Right. That is how I see Honda being, you know, very strong in this game. It's like, but people are going in like right from the get go. They're just like freaking holding forward like you would with other characters in this game. It's like, I don't, I don't get that. Like you're, you have a character with, with one of the best defensive turtle tool sets in this entire game. Why are you not using that first until you build up those resources and the risk reward is much more heavy in your favor at that point when you can go in. So like it, it and again, I, I go back to like what it was in like street fighter four where people like forgot how to throw fireballs because like fireballs got negated so heavily uh, in that game. Uh, we'll, we won't talk about fireballs, in street fighter five. <laughs> but anyway, my, my point is, is when you throw in a unique play style into the game, a lot of people struggle with how to adapt to that and to use it, but you are a very gifted defensive player and a whiff punish player that's like how you were trying to play nikali um and, and and to have a character that fits that mold for you it's it's really again go watch like john's footage and and if you know what to look for you will even be impressed with his like you know two week old like honda and whatnot be like wow like i'm not seeing other people do that and that you watched really my cool. day one honda that was my yeah. practice for yeah. two hours honda yeah but I've, I've been watching you for many years so yes I, I and i've been look for it, playing so. the character in four and i've been playing street fighter five so it's not like it you know like i knew what's this oh street fighter that looks like fun and it looks like it'll load up fast oh it doesn't load up fast but i'll play it oh here's Honda. oh no, what's <laughs> no this funny? no uh sorry uh so so and i will i will contrast with nikali really quickly um in the way that i feel when i'm playing when i'm playing with nikali i feel like i'm constantly vulnerable uh, because you have to take risks to get those hits. And it's like, yeah, he's got some good situations where he can cover a lot and it's, he's not risking too much, you know, canceling a V-trigger or whatever. But in the general flow, it's like when I want to try to hit somebody, I have to go up there and I have to, you know, whiff punish. And they have like, well, I'm just going to shoulder tackle you or something like that uh, is, is what it feels more like. And, um, and with Honda, I, I can do that kind of a thing and it's still risky, but I can freaking sit back and cover the space with standing heavy punch and, and at certain distances um, forward roundhouse because that reaches pretty far despite being fairly negative. Um, and, and then, you know, when people and just focus on if they jump, I'm pressing heavy punch at the right time. And that game by itself is very fun to start with. You want to play this character? Just start with walking around and using heavy punch to make people jump and then being ready to heavy punch their jumps. One, it'll make you a better foundational player, just no matter who you're playing, because you'll be uh, more aware of the manipulation into jump thing. Like it'll teach you how to how to time your anti-airs, how to appreciate them, and and also um, how to like watch what to watch for when uh, someone's going to uh, about or someone's about to do it, like to, to see people's tells or to feel their tells. It's really cool and it's very helpful. Uh, but you got to expand your game from there. And one of the other like the, the next step in the process is also very fun. I'm kind of like doing this little uh, advertisement for Honda um, is very fun is that like 
when you do want to start moving forward and trying to uh, uh, you know force your way in on your opponent, the uh, and I've talked about this before with other characters, but it's it's particularly fun with Honda. You control a lot of space with that standing fierce punch, right? You establish that. You make them scared. You make them have to think about that and work around that. And then the things that he can do with just his jab, which reaches uh, considerably far. You know, he squats down there. The, the, you know, horizontal Honda is pretty good. You know, pretty mm-hmm. he's pretty yeah. wide. Oh yeah. Uh, he reaches out there, and he, he still has to be pretty close to really get anything started. But seeing, it's like very obvious to see when you've manipulated your opponent with that standing heavy punch, which is very effective, uh, when you can now get close enough to start making your jab effective because they're afraid to push buttons. And you're like, hey, 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 you could totally hit me right now. I'm walking right forward, not blocking or anything, but you're afraid because I made you that. And now I get to start peppering in what he can do with his standing jab and or and crouching jab. And that can, uh, that can combo into his uh, little bread and butter... Um, target combo and start building v meter or, or getting a little extra damage and and using those things juxtaposing those things and using them to to you know be efficient is just like street fighter 101 fighting games 101 yeah. really yeah, it's and beautiful. and uh and it's really fun to do and then you start peppering other things like just random headbutts in that are minus four but space properly and minus seven and still people don't really punish it really you know some can some can't uh and, and it's a fun little experience and you can at any moment just fall back on oh i'm just gonna go back to to be in the wall and and just anti-airing. And you can also anti-air with a fierce he- uh, headbutt, which is really good too. Um, but playing the, that little simplified game, he might not be the best, but it's it's fun to do and it's fun quickly. And then once you get you know done with all that, if you still want to hang out, well then you know learn hands combos and pressure and little tricks and cancels into oichio and and such. Oh, and also through that process, the next level is earning an oichio where they let you get so close that you can oichio them, and that feels very rewarding rewarding as well. So yeah, go go play some Hana, guys. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, and I, I want to go back to like what you said about like uh, Nikali being constantly at risk. Yeah, I, I played a super diamond Nikali player in ranked, and. and again my, my feelings on Nikali are very clear if you listen to this podcast right like um and so I'm playing the, playing against this guy he's he's okay he's not you know amazing but he's all right he's got a pretty leggy connection which is you know what you would expect from a Nikali player um but anyway so he does his block string and he ends it and it's it's my turn right and the mm-hmm. bastard uh, well so here's the thing not so much in Street Fighter 5 in Street Fighter 5 it's only your turn if you believe it's your turn more than the opponent believes it's their turn. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, uh, anyway, the bastard, like, does a freaking block string, and he's out, like, he's far away. Like, this is Nikali, his pressure is done. And this guy does a freaking critical art on me. And it catches me, of course, because... <laughs> the no, old minus no, two rope-a-dope. <laughs> yeah, no freaking sane player who's gotten that far would freaking, like, be that far out and go, you know what, I'm just going to critical art and do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was so angry. I don't know if I've been that salty, like, in recent times at Street Fighter Five than this freaking Nikali player who just, like, went completely yellow. And I'm like, of course he did that. Why would I not expect him to just compl- completely play, like, a total freaking 
moron. Of course he did that. So anyway, so you're talking about Nikali and saying like constantly at risk and stuff like that. I'm going, yeah, I'm like, that's what I expect from Nikali players. And that's my issue I take with you is because you played him so damn thoughtful. I got used to thoughtful and like calculated Nikali where everyone else I play is like going, oh, well, freaking am. I'm just going to command ground five times in a row. Like, that's what I got used to. Like, right, I got scrub. used to you. It's it was the long con. I set it up for all my yes. Nikali brethren that I didn't realize existed, but apparently they do. So that their shenanigans would work on you. And so therefore, I'm actually really angry at you. That Good. is my problem now. So that's coming back to you. I don't know how I'm going to get even with you, but one of these days, John, one of these days. Anyway, <laughs> so moving back, moving right along here. Um, what I'm seeing here with Poison is that this is a character with six setups for zoning and actually not bad rushdown. Um, I haven't seen anything that blows me away with her yet where it's like, damn, um, this character is amazing, but it feels like she's going to end up in a good spot. I, I almost wonder right now if she is the best character of the three. Um, I'm I'm with just poison? wondering. Yeah, Poison. You um, would say something uh, like yeah, that. This I agree, and this character really strikes a chord with me. I, I really am fond of this character, um, like just the way she plays and stuff like that, but I do wonder. She seems special in some regards, um, but I'm not seeing that specialness like come through in like just one overriding way. It's like the multiple areas of her tool set. Like it's, she just feels like a very overall complete and good character. Very good character, I should say. That's what I'm seeing so far. I'm seeing a lot more people kind of open up into her, um, her kind of, uh, uh, let me see, deceptive zoning tactics, like where you think that you can press a button or you think you could do something and, and she's hitting you with a whip and going into a flip kick or she's keeping you zoned out and like backing away, like with her, her awesome freaking like whip back dash or whatever she does there. The little stance um, where she yeah, the stance. Hops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's freaking great. Uh, like she looks awesome when she's doing she all this prances stuff, so. around. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I'm seeing some players play like against Kazunoko um, and Haitani and a few others like using Poison and I'm going, wow, they're holding their own and they're doing quite well with this character. Um, I I see the pieces starting to come together for her. So it, it's interesting right now with this character is what I'll say. I think that she's getting the least success right now. So she's probably the hardest to play um, mm -hmm. of the of the three newcomers. And so she's going to get some crap for that, and people are going to be like, oh, she's not good. Uh, I don't know, but I do think that she does have potential, um, and it's just not as easy to make it, turn it into success early on. But, like, once you see Shen bring her out in, like, the top eight of final round, for instance, like, I think Shen po played Poison in Street Fighter Four, which is probably why my, my brain goes to him as, like, the standard. But he's usually one to be like, hey, you guys remember this character that everyone thought was bad? Check this out. I'm going to win Evo with him. Uh, and and so like once we see Shen's poison, then uh, we might see okay okay this is what the character can do. But she might be one of those that it takes like a really strong and thoughtful and inventive player to realize her potential. Whereas Honda is like hey let's hit some heavy punches and have some fun do some headbutts guys. And and that's good that's we need both kinds of characters in the game. At, which is another awesome thing that with this batch reveal or, or this batch release I should say. Uh, that we got such different kinds of characters that are going to appease a lot of different people. Speaking of the the last bit of, the, of these characters here, we have Lucia. And something I, I really got to explore with her against Nicholas, uh, Majin Tension Hand, was that her fireballs are awesome. And I am way more impressed with this character now after playing him in some online sets because a lot of people that I'm playing against are just rushing down with the character. You know, they're going in, they're, they're doing the cami stuff, and it's like, whatever. Um, but I would actually compare her fireball setups to Dalsim, uh, in that 
but they work from pretty much any spot on screen. So how Dalsam can, can set you up with like his up fireball, and if you do anything like he's you know sliding into you and getting like a four hit combo that does like thirty percent damage or whatever. Yeah. Very good. Lucia can do that pretty much at any spot on screen. It's not easy for her to set up. These things are hard to use. But having her have that capability, it's so interesting watching her kind of set you up and seeing what she's going to do. Um, it, like with Dalsim, it feels like when he throws his fireball, it's kind of a wall that comes out. And it's like, if you do anything, you're dead. With Lucia, there are gaps to kind of blow her up and, and destroy her if she doesn't do it right. And I think that's kind of like the big difference. And that's why, again, she can do it from pretty much anywhere on screen where Dalsim is kind of like limited, like to if he's like fairly close to you. Mm. Uh, my, I, we have like like two or three or four poison i'm sorry uh, uh lucia's here in the just locally in tucson and they're all having a blast with her they're all like yeah this can definitely be my name my, for sure secondary and possibly a main at this point um with what they see in her potential and what they're already having fun doing and we're actually having fun um you know when you're the one not on the station but you're waiting in line just watching and seeing what she does yeah. with the fireballs because uh you're you're often like we were watching um Orlando, our one of our uh, the Tucson Geef player who was playing Honda and then quit like a damn quitter. I hope he hears this uh, quitty quitter and suck, started Orlando. playing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. No, don't. I'm gonna edit that part out. Suck, Orlando. Uh, no, he's good. And um, but he went to Zangief, so we're all playing our brand new characters, and he was playing his main like a jerk. Uh, and uh, but he had to face off against Lucia's fireball hacky sack game. And as you can imagine, she's like bouncing it in front of her. So it's stopping your forward progress. But at any moment, it can go up in the air and it definitely covers. It's like a fireball that sort of covers the ground and the sky at the same time as far as Zangief big body approach. And so he's got to like manipulate his way in. And for like two games in a row, it was like timeouts of just like Lucina or Lucia I did it too huh Lucia playing hacky sack and then Orlando blocking mostly and sometimes getting hit and we would all laugh and and then and we're all like you know uh you know do a sweep when you get close enough and if she does the up one it's uh you know and and or or I was saying do lariat because it moves forward and guess what the answer absolutely turned out to be was lariat it actually works really well but here's the thing this is like the, uh, another example of a really strong design. I don't remember the specific frame data, but I remember the concept and that's all we need right now. If she's zoning Zangief, she does the up fireball that kind of like where she launches it up at that more Dalsim arc. And if he blocks that, then she's plus and she gets to continue doing like the zoning thing. But if... Uh, he can kind of counter that by doing like a walk forward sweep and then he'll knock her down or something like that or I guess walk forward lariat um, but then if she does the uh, if he's trying to hit her like if he's trying to get in close enough to hit her like underneath that fireball while she's trying to do it she can do the the forward launching fireball where she she kicks it straight more straight at you and uh, and hit him and knock him back and so, and then he'll take damage that way. But if he ends up blocking that, she's not positive. So she kind of gives up her turn and this little game emerges and it's like, Ooh, that's interesting. That's kind of a cool, again, like attention to detail where they're not just like, Hey, she should have three fireballs and they all just win a lot and they're all plus 17. Uh, there was, there was some intricate attention paid there and it led to us having this, you know, like observing and thinking how are we going to get in? And like, there was this whole reason to play and watch and it was fun. So good job. Yeah, um, I, I 
am so much more impressed with the depth of this character now that I've gotten a good chance to explore a little bit more. And again, big shout outs to Nick here for showing me what the character can do. It's like, oh, I didn't even realize that was there. I, I just kind of assumed it was like more of, you know, more of the same with Street Fighter V and, and there it is. But um, I, I do crack up that, you you know, you mentioned a, a fireball being like plus 17 on block or, you know, plus 22 and whatnot. Uh, like, and, and, you know, now you're struggling with the Akuma matchup. And I'm like, yeah, there it is. I'm like, now you're going to get salty about Akuma next. And like, you're going to realize like that damn character. It's like, uh, um, it, it's, it's so funny in these games. My point here is that it's it's amazing how much we don't see until it impacts us, you know, and that, that is a, a constant struggle here in these fighting games. It's like, well, I don't have issue with that. Like, what's your problem with it? You know, type thing. And I do it too, you know, and it's like, I, I keep trying to check myself more and more and more and realize like, man, what is life like for like an ed player? Like, what are they actually having to deal with here? And so I, I try to be open to that. Like, so when you guys are pinging us like on Twitter in different places, I'm, I'm trying to listen and see and like factor all that kind of stuff in. Right. So mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's interesting, but man, as you mentioned, isn't it beautiful to be having these conversations now? You know, like, hey, how does this matchup work? Like, what does this character can do? Like, that, it's, it's, it's so wonderful that we're at this point. And, and as much grief as we give Capcom, we really do have to tip our caps to them and say, hey, you know what? This was a, a big-time win for you guys. Um, even, you know, despite the problems we had with communication, which, you know, seems to be a decent bit of an afterthought now with what Ono said, um, this is good. This is really good. We're having fun with the game again. Uh, thank you. You know, um, yeah, and there it is. Mm-hmm. So. All right, y'all. Uh, we're running along here, so we should definitely wrap this up. But uh, we definitely played a little fast and loose today, so hopefully people enjoyed kind of like this new little, you know, a uh, little bit more lively uh, podcast, we'll say. Um, but once once again, as always, if you ever have feedback, uh, you know, please hit us up. Uh, John and I are on Twitter. We, you know, we actually check our mentions and stuff. It's a great place to reach us. Uh, you can also leave a comment in the, the story on Event Hubs as well. Um, and of course, we definitely appreciate it if you leave a review on iTunes. Uh, we check those as well, and uh, those definitely help out the website. And, you know, and if you really enjoy it, like if, if you don't think we both suck like do tell a friend or two um again even a couple more people like downloading listening like you know they tell people and whatnot like getting the word out here that you know we run a podcast and it's fun and it's enjoyable if you think that um like that it makes a big difference if you think we suck tell your friends anyway because then you guys can like you know make fun of it together or whatever and then maybe forgets about it and then they it, it auto downloads the next episodes and it, we get views that way so either way but yeah the, the point is leave good reviews on itunes and tell your friends yeah, and, and also ping John and tell him how bad Nicole sucks. And th- there we go. So anyway, but actually on that note, we better wrap this up here. Uh, but once again, thank you all for listening. Um, we do realize it's been a hard time in the fighting game community. We've been through dark stuff before. We're going to come out of this again. We're going to get stronger and better, and, and we're going to figure it out. And, and there it is, and we will talk to you all soon. You up!